if you are located outside of the European Union, the United Kingdom and or Switzerland, then you need an authorized representative. So I have a good news, you have found it with Easy Medical Device. And if you are also in need of an importer in Europe and in Switzerland, then contact us definitely at info at easymedicaldevice.com. I-N-F-O at easymedicaldevice.com and I'm sure we can help you. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy Podcast. I am Munir Alazuzi, a medical device expert specialized on quality and regulatory affairs. My mission is to help you learn how to place a compliant medical device on the market. For that, I share with you my experience and the one of others on this podcast. Are you ready for your dose of regulation and standards today? Okay, so let the show begin. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Here is Munir Alazuzi from easymedicaldevice.com. And today we'll talk about relationship between quality and regulatory affairs and other departments. And this time the department is software development for medical devices. We have done the same type of subject with uh, Omar Kateb uh, before. It was relationship between quality and regulatory for and, and marketing also. And here we'll do that uh, for software and development. And for that, I have with me Christophe Girardet from Vega. So Christophe, welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Hi, Monier. Thank you for having me. Great. So really, thank you for coming. Um, I will just ask you maybe a small introduction of yourself so that people really understand who you are and what you are doing. And then we can deep dive on this um, on this interesting topic of how to, uh, yeah, how to connect Facanza software developers and um, quality and regulatory affairs people. Sure, happy to do so. So my name is Christophe. I have a background more in software development. So I started my career as software developer and I've always been working in regulated industry. Before I joined a medical device and pharma environment, I've been working as programmer in air traffic control area. So as you can imagine, it's also highly regulated. So I've been developing radar displays for air traffic controllers. So you can imagine if you have some issues with quality that could be really also problematic. Exactly. And after four years of being software developer, I changed to the other side of exactly what we are discussing on the quality assurance side. So I've been um, doing that in air traffic control area. And now since more than 10 years now, I'm with Vega. And Vega, we are a service provider specialized in um, life science industry. Life science includes pharma and medical devices, especially. And in that area, I'm helping customers exactly to challenge, uh, to solve the challenges of exactly what we are going to discuss. So exactly. where to draw the line between software development, quality, how to be efficient, but still compliant, and how to still enable innovation by not preventing developers to do that job. Exactly. Yeah. I, 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 as I've said, I, I, I met you and I, we, we also looked at your company and uh, yeah, I suppose you have a lot of experience of uh, relationship between uh, consultants that are doing more activities of software development or also so people that are more in the quality field. So it's, it's really great. Um, but before to start mainly to deep dive on the problems uh, itself. So um, I wanted just that we are from your point of view, as you have this experience. So what is the difference in terms of objectives for each of those parties. So for example, if we talk about software developers, what is really, what they have really in, in scope. And if you see quality, what is, or quality and regulatory affairs, what they have also in scope. So that just to see first that maybe the objectives are not the same also for them. Yeah, exactly. And this is maybe the, the, the main aspect is that usually software developers, uh, they want to drive innovations. They want to develop nice software. They want to bring uh, new solutions. 
but they are usually not so much interested in creating uh, documentation. On the other hand, uh, quality assurance regulatory affairs are more there exactly to be the, the safeguards and provide uh, ensuring compliance to all the different regulations and are usually asking a lot of uh, documentation to be created. This is exactly the place where I see a kind of, maybe not a conflict of interest, but maybe a, a difference in terms of expectation into why we are here and what is your role and responsibility within the company. But, but if you look at the highest objective, they have the same. The objective is, uh, is to provide a, a reliable software that is uh, conformed and that uh, is, is good. So it's just the way to obtain it is maybe different, but the objective, yeah. the, the main objective for, the, for them is the same. I think uh, you're absolutely right. So we are working uh, with the health of uh, patients here. So normally we should all have the same interest at the end that we uh, provide products that are uh, efficient and safe and that help the patients. So that should be fulfilling the same objective. And this is maybe what is often uh, misunderstood is that product development, uh, a part of that is software development, but having just a, a good software uh, working well is not enough uh, in the industry we're working with. And I think this is uh, often also misunderstood because of uh, different backgrounds. The software developers do not necessarily see the whole compliance aspects. On the other end, we have also a background difference with regulatory people because they usually don't understand so much of what software developers are really doing. Methodologies they work with like agility or uh, more technical aspects like how do they do deployment of new versions uh, you might have heard about. Uh, CI, CD, uh, continuous integration, continuous deployment, all these aspects, usually also regulatory affairs, do not understand so much in the details. And this is where I see that maybe both worlds should make some steps in each other direction. Exactly. At the end, that the full product is fulfilling what it's supposed to do, not just the software behaving well, but as well the documentation and the regulatory compliance reach. And, and we can also see that um, with the new regulations that are now coming into force, um, there is an increase in demand of this documentation, of this trustability um, with medical devices. Before it was more software, like uh, as medical devices were more class one, so there is no notified body. So it was like easy to place them on the market without really any barrier. Now with the new regulation, there is a need of notified bodies for some of them. So then here, the trustability of documents, the information, the cybersecurity, all those things that uh, will be reviewed by the authorities uh, will be needed. So I think th this this change also in terms of the regulation is also increasing, if I can say, the frustration between the both groups then. Absolutely. And we also frequently had the case with customers that, for example, the software was first developed, they not necessarily with the intention of uh, certifying it with notified body, but sometimes even not to classify it in, on the medical device, but they fall into that uh, just by, let me say, accident. And then the QA array uh, people, they come later on into the game. And so a lot of processes were already lived within the software development team. And now there are, there are some people engaged that are maybe more experienced into this regulations part, but maybe also a bit less into the software part. And they try to, to put some regulatory, let me say, flavor on the top of that. And frequently, I see it a little bit like you have then two worlds. So the reality of it is done. And the one uh, our QA and regulatory affairs might have seen it in other um, industry or with a previous employer. And they try to create, as they are uh, used to do it, with uh, Word documents, with templates, with uh, 
processes, uh, formulas for change requests for all the aspects uh, that you are usually having in when you produce uh, such type of things. And this is usually exactly two parallel worlds. And when you deep dive a little bit, you have the feeling, okay, the developer just do this document because the QA guy asks for it, and the QA guy just uh, asks for it because he, does, he only knows that. And this is exactly where I see there could be much more improvements in, into this uh, area. Exactly. And one, one thing is also that, as, you, as you've said, sometime, um, and I had this experience also with uh, some of the projects we are running, um, we have some companies that are starting to develop those, those products. Um, they have a software at the end, and when they arrive to this barrier to say, oh, we need to be certified, so then we need this and that and that, and we start to talk with quality people, they arrive, as you said, later on the project. Then I suppose some problems are starting because all along the life of the development of the product, nothing was really created there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, You try to do it retrospectively, and usually uh, it's also very difficult. I've been auditing uh, or preparing some of our customers for a notified body audits, and you could sense that, okay, the developers, they can't really explain you how, uh, how it is supposed to work uh, from what the QA describes in the QMS, because actually that's not the way they leave it, right? So if you, if you describe more the way they leave it, and you maybe add a little bit of what is exactly required to be compliant, then even the developers would find themselves in a better shape. I have a feeling in many cases, they have the feeling they just created to make uh, the notified body happy, but it's not exactly how it could work because normally the whole chain of traceability, the whole set of requirements, tests, and all these type of things are also useful for the developer to ensure certain quality, to ensure that the traceability and the maintenance of the software is possible. I mean, exactly. when you compare with some other industry, I mean, uh, some example, Netflix or Spotify, all these type of things, they deploy very regularly, even if they don't have regulations. But here, they have a lot of uh, quality process in mind because there is a lot of business risk behind. And I think this is where we should maybe find the right uh, balance. So. My recommendation is rather to have a look at the, the process, how it is run by the developers, and then make the delta for adding what might be missing from the compliance perspective, rather than creating a parallel world and then uh, explaining to the, the software developer, this is how you should work now, and create this documentation just for me as a QA. Exactly. I, I suppose also that the, 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 one of the mistakes that um, is, is done um, by regulatory or quality is that they are coming as you as you mentioned before with their expectation because mm -hmm. they worked for big companies or mm -hmm. other groups etc and they arrive with their experience and this and they say and but maybe the design of the development team has already some documents that they have created mm -hmm. but maybe they are not the best perfect document existing but it's suitable for them or it's suitable for what they are doing. Mm -hmm. And quality comes and says, oh, I don't like this document. We should change it and add this and that and that, which is maybe a bit too much or this and that. I mean, mm -hmm. I know that quality is doing that sometimes. So it's really <laughs> that. So I suppose this is also this kind of, 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 of gaps that should be also tried to be reduced to say, if it's something that is working, mm -hmm. suitable, compliant to the regulation, compliant to the requirements, why do you want to make it more design with the yeah, exactly. yeah. things? And in many occasions, I saw that, that in that case, you make a lot of copy-paste, for example, <laughs> uh, work, uh, because you just copy it into the template prepared by the QA uh, to prepare for that. 
And at the end, you have then a certain redundancy that is created because there were already maybe some requirements maintained. So many developers, for example, they use a lot uh, tools from Atlassian Suite, for example, uh, Jira or Confluence, and a lot of documentation is already available there. But for some reason that I still don't quite understand, QA are usually more world documents uh, based. <laughs> uh, and uh, they asked to do some uh, copy and paste there. And it's not only inefficient for me, it's also the risk of inconsistency. When you have two sources of truth, at some point, you no, no longer know what is the reality. Is it what is in the Word document and what is what the developer use on the daily basis, right? So this is not only inefficient, it's also uh, inconsistency that uh, may occur over the time, right? Exactly, yeah. So so we see that, yes, even Quality Hat is making some mistakes sometimes, <laughs> or regulatory are making some mistakes. But um, the, the other point also for for that as you as you've said also is that we think that the the developers the software developers think that we are doing that for quality mm -hmm. if i can say that mm -hmm. i need to create this document for quality i need to do that for quality mm -hmm. which is not the same as if you think that you are doing that for the authorities first mm -hmm. maybe mm -hmm. or for the final patient at the end so it's it's more about here a conflict of department in that case. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I usually use the term, uh, maybe you have heard about that, quality by design. Yeah. If you integ integrate the, the process steps as you expect them from your development team within what they are used to use in daily basis. So try to leverage the tools that they already know. Because I know software developers, I was one. They are usually lazy. Yeah? You can say it in a general way, and they are not uh, really super interested to do a lot of documentation. But if you integrate those aspects within their normal tools that they use anyway, and it is useful for them on the daily routines of what their activities are, then I think you can bring them to really generate this quality. And this is what I mean with quality by design. The whole process is, is prepared for them, and they don't have the feeling they just do that on top to make the QA array uh, people happy or the notified body happy. But they, they that's exactly what you said. They generate the quality all over the way, right? On what their process is looking like. So uh, is there any other major gaps here that we have uh, missed here or the things that are big problems that we can see also within the uh, these two departments when they're working together? Yeah, I mean, I think one bigger gap is exactly what I explained before. I think they don't necessarily understand each other. Okay. I think it has to do with training of the people. You know that uh, often quality people they don't necessarily understand what it is, what it means to create a software, and what are the relevant points to focus at. Right? How do you, to ensure that a software is developed in a qualitative way? It's uh, not the same as developing an hardware piece of device, right? Exactly. And, and the vice versa world is also true. Good developers do not necessarily understand what is really uh, in the different regulations. Uh, I, I saw that, maybe you saw the same. Uh, many of them don't even know uh, what which regulations they are supposed to follow. I mean, IEC 6304 is not a super complex document. I mean, any software developer should be able to understand that. that in my experience, many of them didn't have a look at that, right? Exactly. I, I have the experience with startups, uh, with software as medical device startups. And yes, when we arrived to the point to discuss about uh, quality management system, creation, etc., we mentioned the standard IEC 62304, and we show to them exactly what is needed, uh, which class of first, which class of device they are, and then 
define which document they are needed for each of, of those things. And yes, it's sometimes complex for them because when we are showing to them, here is what is written. Do you have a design development plan or mm -hmm. document? And say, what what is that? What should be inside? What etc. So we have those training or explanation that we should be doing and explaining and and telling them here is what we are needing here is what we could get and I, i'm surprised sometimes when we are looking at some of those development steps um i would tell them oh we we need this and say oh what's that exactly and we explain say, oh we have a document that is nearly similar to that can we show that to you does it fit to the requirements and then we can discuss but it's true that um, when you are on the hardware part, you mm -hmm. had more the mindset of a waterfall project, <laughs> exactly. and here we are more in the agile scrub, etc. We are we are all those uh, different way of thinking, and then it's really disturbing sometimes <laughs> when, you, when you're at those projects with have different elements, and each element goes in its own pace, and but at the end they have to meet all together, etc. Mm -hmm. So it's it's somehow dis disturbing here. Um, one one thing that um i wanted also to 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 say is mainly one thing that i have experienced also is about as you mentioned the misunderstanding between quality and uh, uh developers or any other departments anyway the the way that i try to solve that is to bring them with me to the audit directly <laughs> so the idea is to say okay feel my pain exactly <laughs> to answer the request from the auditor he asked me for that and when i show him the document that you have created which i told you it's not suitable it's not suitable so now answer to him tell yeah. him why you think it's suitable because during meetings with developers sometimes say no it's suitable it's fine etc so okay come to the meeting with me come to the internal audits or to the audits Okay, here is the auditor. Explain him why your document is suitable, and he will explain to you why it's not. And then you can feel my pain yeah. when I try to uh, to to go through this certification. So, do you did you have also this this kind yeah, of yeah, yeah, very similar uh, experience in the past. I think that's a good way to make software developer aware of what is the pain exactly you formulated right. What are the questions that the QARA tries uh, to under, to answer every day, right? And I would do uh, even the same vice versa. Let the QARA uh, sit down together with the developer and look at what they are doing. Because exactly what you said before, when we do training, we see that in many occasions they have some artifacts that would be actually required for compliance, but they may be named it differently. They, they have already processes in place. Usually it's a teamwork. They work in an agile way, so they need somehow some tickets to materialize. Okay, you will do this, you will do this, you will do this. This comes actually very often very close to requirements already, what you have in here, right? Just maybe they name it differently, like uh, usually they call it story or uh, or task or something. But that's mainly my uh, strategy is that I rather do a kind of gap analysis. Let them explain what they do and see, okay, how can you make this mapping to what the regulations really ask you to do? And don't try to uh, let them create yet another document completely separated, but try to integrate that within their processes, right? And many uh, developers, I think, are happy about that because they, then they better understand it. And so they can defend it also better because that's the way they work. So they can't explain it differently to what is in the SOP. That's also the risk I see in many cases. They explain it something 
when you read the SOP, it's totally different process that they were supposed to leave. And there, well, you have a problem, Houston, right? You need to be able to, to explain what you are really doing and not what the SOP is describing. Exactly. No, I, I think I, I completely relate to that. And uh, and yeah, communication, training, um, understanding how the other feels or what, what is exactly the work that the other is doing. And it's true that, for example, as we as we talk about software as medical device, which is a field that is growing and growing, we'll have a lot of uh, people that will move from hardware to software mm -hmm. and then they will see a completely different culture. As I said, before we work on hardware, we work in a, a manufacturing plant where there are machines. We do a validation okay. of a machine with oil, with a metal, with things, etc. And now you arrive to a, a clean office with the only computers, with people that are just typing, etc. And say, where is the product? It's, it's in the machine. How? And we had also this issue about um, uh, the production uh, production um, pro procedure, for example, how do I know that it's produced now and what is the production? Because before I know Thank I have you. a lot number, I have a serial number or this and that. Now I have nothing. I mean, I cannot touch anything. So when should I say now it's developed and now it's produced with a version, etc. So there are a lot of mindset that um, I think that's not only for for uh, for the manufacturer, but as well for the notified body. I had also some experience yeah. where they also wanted to come on site and when they came on site they just see a few uh, laptops right where people are developing so what do you want to see because there is no big uh, production process it's just a laptop where you develop some code right exactly and i think they also have all difficulties here to to understand really what are we talking about when exactly. we're talking about developing a software i mean there are many different uh, quality process all over the course how do you manage your source code how do you uh, collaborate with other colleagues? You know, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with these aspects, but how do you manage branches? How do you merge your code with your colleagues? How do you perform the code review? All these aspects are not relevant when you produce uh, a piece of hardware, right? But in the software world, this is actually where the quality also is uh, developed in the product, right? So you should have also clear strategy about that. Exactly. And for that, you need to have experienced people to develop those strategy, right? Hey, just a second. Do you need an EU, Swiss, or UK representative? Then choose Easy Medical Device. We can represent you and also become your importer. Contact us at eo at easymedicaldevice.com. And, and there, there are also new vocabulary or, or vocabulary that were existing, that are existing actually on the standards that are not perfectly matching mm -hmm. uh, what's happening with the, with the software. For example, um, we have maintenance. Uh, requirements on the ISO 13485. How do we maintain that on this? We have infrastructure also. Mm -hmm. Is a computer my desk, my chair, my infrastructure because it's where I'm working? And here we are talking also about servers that mm -hmm. are used also. So maintenance of a server, how do we know the server is on the right place? So this is all, all the things that I learned also because as I was working a lot with, with software companies, then we had to find exactly how it's working. We had one, just one uh, big, I mean, uh, discussion about uh, cleanliness because mm -hmm. uh, when they look at the ISO 13.5, talk about cleaning, cleanliness of the product, etc., and they think now they try to find a way to make it, and it's like uh, cyber security or clean with the malware thing. As well. So mm -hmm. they were thinking that, but on the ISO, it's more about cleanliness of sterilization, uh, etc. So you see, we they try to make the effort. But sometimes the match is not really not really there. So having also a quality and regulatory affairs person that is 
having this experience with software companies can accelerate also yeah. their questions about that. And I think that's that's exactly what you said. Uh, either you have the experience already, or you are willing to to learn what what is that. And I think training is an important component, especially software development is evolving so fast. I think you need to try to stay up to date as as QRA to to really uh, understand what is what is going on in my in my company here, right? And I've been training uh, several uh, QA people that have no software developer background. To understand exactly, okay, what is an agile process uh, methodology? What is uh, really a software development about? What is cloud computing? Maybe also about you talked about infrastructure. It's not about I install my my server myself by uh, putting a USB key into it and then executing a few things. Meanwhile, a lot of things are also automated. Uh, you might have heard about infrastructure as a code. You can really also by just press a button have a new server configured as you like. And those are all the things uh, I think if you never understand this, you can't really do a QA array in such an environment because how can you explain that? Of course, you can ask some experts, but you need to understand where are the quality aspects that for me are really relevant to check and to ensure we are compliant all over the past, right? Exactly. And I, I think, as you said, even if you don't have the experience, the idea is really to communicate with the software developers to really discuss with them and to try to brainstorm also what they are doing, how it can be matching with the requirements and then finding a middle point. You, there will maybe be some mistakes there, but at the end, we are all learning. Mm. So yeah, this is the way that, uh, that the, or, or we contact you <laughs> at Vega and then yeah, uh, get absolutely. the information. I mean, uh, those type of projects, a lot of what, what we do is really, I would say the human part of, of a change, right? So ensuring that all the people understand what is going on, right? I am a new person here. I need to understand exactly and map it to my expectation. We talked about it at the beginning. Expectation of the QA era guy is, okay, I create documentation. I show this documentation. What does that mean in this company here? And vice versa, the developer, we train them as well to understand the regulations and to map it to their know-how, right? And this is what I would say the human part of the whole project. And it's usually the bigger part, right? How, how you configure a tool, generate the corresponding documentation. For example, what we do a lot with developers, I like a lot of tools like, uh, might have heard about tools like Atlas and Suite or some other EQMS systems. Uh, usually you try to bring uh, a lot of these things within the tool. Okay, what do you need? You need a certain workflow. You need a certain maybe export of documents. All of that is usually relatively easy compared to the, okay, bringing the guys to talk to each other. But I think at the end, if you reach that, then you not only reach better compliance efficiency, but also better teamwork. Because I often experience that, that they see that, oh, I do that just for the, exactly. the QA guy. <laughs> what does he want from me, right? <laughs> I will do that, but that's the most boring part of my job, you know, this type of things. And I think this is, this is the kind of mindset you can change by trying to bring those guys together, right? Exactly. I, I, I think I think it's really important here what we are saying is mainly about not doing things just because you think it's needed for uh, a certification or whatever. The final goal is the final user, the customer at the end to make it satisfied. So having a track King documents of what you have done, how it was done, can help you to avoid a lot of mistakes, can help you to identify where is the issue directly instead of you exactly. spending all the time to reviewing all your code, all your software, mm -hmm. all the things that you have done there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that this uh, exactly the, the, the tools is really a, a central element of all of that. 
if you minimize the amount of interfaces, the amount of tools, I think at the end you can move anyone into the same direction and they can elaborate. So maybe the QA needs just a dashboard or certain reports on some of the tools you use. And this is what they will present while the other use it more intensively. I think this is a good, um, good aspect that you can leverage when you want to behave those guys in the same direction. Great. No, great. I really, I really like this discussion because uh, it's something that is really happening a lot within multiple companies. Here, as I've said, we talk specifically about software developers. We have talked before about marketing, but it can happen with any other department. The idea is always communication, training, understanding what uh, the other is going through. And for the quality and regulatory affairs people is also to listen a bit, uh, to not just uh, come with their experience and try to change all the world because at the end, nobody will follow you and it's not really a, a success, uh, success for you then. Hey. Usually you don't have also the, the money to do that because yeah. I mean this is the, the time is money as well, right? When you have a small startup, you have a few developers and one person maybe for the quality. If you have them to create additional documentation, this is additional money, right? Exactly. And, uh, I think this is also an argument that is important also to, to manage. You need to be efficient to also stay sustainable. Exactly. You want to be on the market at some point, and this costs effort. So you should really drive the efforts the best you can based on what exactly exists and not based on the ideal world uh, that maybe just a big diagnostic company with 10,000 employees can afford to do, right? Exactly. No, I, th I think it's a good, a good point here. Um, okay. So, um, Christoph, in terms of Vega, why people should contact you? Why, why exactly um, we need to maybe contact Vega and I get some support from you? I mean, we are exactly a lot of people uh, within Vega that have a lot of experience in, in both. What are the regulations and what are what is it to be a developer? So I, as I explained in the beginning, I'm a, I was a developer. That's the case with many of my colleagues. And this is, I think, uh, why you should think about us because we can really make the bridge between, okay, what, what are the requirements from a compliance perspective and what are the experience from the different people? I think this is where we can guide in the, in the most efficient way on how can this be uh, performed, right? And we can as well uh, help them on all these trainings we talked about, uh, as well as uh, helping on configuring tools to, to stick to these processes. And yeah, I think that's the, the main aspects that uh, we are driving into this world. Yeah. Great. And um, I will place uh, all your contact details on the show notes so that people can directly contact you uh, if there is any, any other question. If you have also a question for what we discussed today, you can uh, go on the comments of the YouTube channel or the podcast channel uh, to uh, place your comments and we'll try to answer to that. And if you have any question anyway, you can also contact me at info at easymedicaldevice.com, I-N-F-O at easymedicaldevice.com. Um, okay, Christophe, so it was really a pleasure to have you. It was really a great discussion. Thank you for that. And uh, yeah, I hope all the information that we provided will help some companies to have a better, a better environment of work between some, some different departments. I also understand what's the problem for, for each of the departments. So really, thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was really nice to discuss. And I see you experience a lot of common things. Exactly. <laughs> Great. Thanks, Christophe, then, and I wish you a nice day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. So if you like this episode, please provide a review on the platform where you are listening to it. And also don't forget to share it with your colleagues. Thank you very much.